You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. Wow. You guys glad to be here? Wouldn't you rather be here than in the hospital? <laughs> We're glad. I'm glad to be back. I'm telling you, it's. Uh, I, I, well, for, to begin with, I just want to thank Steve and Angela for stepping up and and preaching and leading and all that they did. Um, I haven't had the chance yet to listen. I'm I'm hoping it was recorded, and I haven't had the chance to to listen, but I will. Um, and I, uh, I hear and understand they did a great job. So Steve and Angela, you're not here, but thank you <laughs> uh, for being here. And uh, last week, I guess Steve wound up getting COVID and been healed since then and back with us. Glad you're here. Um, I just, you know, I just, uh, I don't know if any of you have ever had the opportunity to just kind of disconnect with your life for a month. Um, uh I guess it's the first time I've ever done it, and it's um, parts of it are just awesome, and parts of it you miss. <laughs> um, and I missed you guys, I really did. I I don't say that in in jest. I um, I I really um, uh, uh, I just I value you guys. I value what we have here. Um, I value our little body of believers that's here. Um, you know, I think sometimes if we're not careful, we can, you know, sit around and think, well, you know, how come there's not thousands of us or hundreds of us or or whatever number you have in mind that you think that's the number we ought to have. But um, I'm glad we got who we got. And, uh, I'm glad you guys are part of my family and I'm part of yours and I... I I, I value the fact that we have people we can call on. I, I know I get on the phone and and call somebody and say, "Hey, I need some prayer here. You know, I need some help." And and people we know each other. You know, we recognize one another. We're not just a pretty face, but you know, we're somebody that we can actually um, know. You know, and and I um, I I I really I don't just say this and just to be saying it, but I. Um, I love you guys. You know, I I'm, I miss y'all when I'm not here. Um, I do. I I miss being. I miss this. I I just, you know, I guess some preachers almost dread, you know, dealing with church, dealing with people, and dealing with you know, all the stuff that's involved. And I I I I miss it when I'm not here. I, I really do. I went. I think we went to one church service while I was there. And, and it, you know, it's a it's a good church. I think they got a couple hundred folks there, but it, it wasn't home. You know? It wasn't y'all. <laughs> and uh, I love worshiping together. And uh, just I I thank God for what we have. I do. I I think it's uh, um, we're a lighthouse. Amen. I mean, we are. God's see. I'm 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 getting more and more convinced. God has us us here for a purpose yeah, for a reason that's 
I, you know, I've I've prayed, and you know, I have people, you know, some of the other pastors I meet with, you know, occasionally, and some of the other leadership, and you know, they'll go, well, what's you know, what's happening with you guys? What's going on? And you know, it's like, well, what are you what are you doing? And I, I don't have a clue. <laughs> and so, I said, but I I pray regularly to the Lord. It's like God, you know. I, what are you What are you doing with our little group here? What are you wanting us to do? What's our What's our purpose? What's our reason for being here? And And do you want us to keep being here? You know, I'm. I literally I ask God that. You know, God, what you know, do you want us just to close the doors and let everybody go do their own thing? What do you What are you saying? And uh, I, I'm just being honest with you. I ask God that from, from time to time, and I. And, I, and I'll tell him, it's like, God, you know, if you don't, literally this is my conversation with God. I'll bring you in on how deep, how deep my conversation is. <laughs> it's like, God, if you don't want us meeting anymore and you want us just to disperse, then you quit showing up. If he, if we miss two, if he misses service two Sundays in a row, we're done. I'm, I, I kind of jokingly say that, but I'm dead serious. At the same time, we're not. If God quits coming, we're going to quit coming. I hope you feel that way. I mean, why would we want to come if God ain't around, right? And I, I, I mean, maybe I'm delusional or something, but I, I, I sense the presence of God when I'm here. I do. I mean, it's the, from the first word of that song we started singing, I could feel the presence of God. Literally. And I, I mean, I feel his presence when I'm preaching and sharing. I hope y'all do. <laughs> I hope you think it's from the Lord. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I mean, really, I mean, if God, God just, all you got to do is just, if you don't want us to meet anymore, just quit coming and we'll quit get meeting. And uh, he just keeps coming. If he keeps coming, I'm going to keep coming. And I hope y'all will keep coming. You know, I mean, what better group to be with than us and God? You know, I mean, that's a pretty good crowd to hang out with. You, know? you got a word? I see that finger. Yeah. <laughs> it's my older sister bossing me around. I still like bossing him around. Um, I, too, have been praying for a long time um, about the church. And the answer that I've gotten from God is I'd rather come and worship with 20 people that love the Lord, are full of the Holy Spirit, and in a place where I know God is going to be every Sunday, than to go and worship with a room of two to three, four hundred people. It's not the number that, that counts. And God's showing me that. It's the people, not the number. And I think we have the people, and we don't need the number. And that's that's not to take away. I mean, God can show up with five thousand people. You know, it's not saying He won't show up just because there's five thousand. But uh, what's that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, but I anyway, I just I, you know when you. I guess a lot of times you don't appreciate what you have until you don't have it. Right? 
I mean, unfortunately, that's true with, with people in our lives. I mean, I, I miss my wife a lot more <laughs> now that she's not with me. You know, I value her a lot more now that she's not here. Um, if I regret anything, it's that I didn't take more opportunity to tell her that when she was here. So I encourage you guys, tell each other that. You know, take the time. Do it while you can. <laughs> um, I wasn't going to get sidetracked on that. but Anyway, I, I, just, I did want to just, just let you guys know that I, I miss you. I value being here. Um, it, was, it was awesome being with my kids and my grandkids and being in their environment and seeing how they lived and what they did. And, and, uh, I mean, they have a very uh, incredible community of people that are around. And this, they live on kind of a, I'm just going to share some stories with you tonight. Is that okay? Um, I'm going to do it whether it's okay or not. But it's just, <laughs> it's, I just, I, I'm not, I don't, I just, I was prepared to preach, get back into Ephesians, and I just, I just couldn't get released to do it. I just felt like I was supposed to just kind of have a conversation with you guys tonight. So I'm going to converse. Um, anyway, when you pull into their little neighborhood, they're a couple of blocks off the beach in this little beach community. And, and you pull down this road and you turn right into a cul-de-sac that they live on. There's probably eight, ten houses there. And the road stays straight. And there's another eight or ten houses on a cul-de-sac. And then the neighborhoods, their council, they call it a council, their city, in between each neighborhood, they have these little paths and parks and stuff. And, and so you can walk from one neighborhood to the next, and you can kind of walk back ways to get to Jeremy's shop, which is like the block off the beach. And so within, literally within five minutes, really, of each other, they have... I think they counted nine families. In fact, as they went on a, they do camping, a lot of camping over there. And last year, they all got together and went on a camp together to this campground. And there were nine families that went from this little neighborhood and 27 kids. <laughs> so if you live on that neighborhood and you're a young couple with kids, you think it's the best neighborhood in the world. If you lived there without kids, <laughs> you probably wouldn't think it was a great neighborhood because <laughs> they're screaming and carrying on all hours of the evening and night and out there playing and, and all the adults are out there playing and kicking the football to the kids and they're riding their bikes and scooters and I mean, it's, it's mayhem, okay? I mean, it's literally, it's literally mayhem <laughs> and I'm thinking... I'm glad I don't have to live here. <laughs> I'm thankful y'all get to, because literally, I mean, it's like, I guess it's like it was many, many years ago to live in a neighborhood, because it's all these parents take care of each other's kids and look at, I mean, the kids just love, I mean, Jeremy, I mean, he had these little, all the little kids just you know, run up and hug him, and, and they'd think he was their dad or something. And it's just, it's just, incredible to watch um, but it's it's nice to visit <laughs> and and come back to my quiet routine you know getting up in the morning and having my coffee and having the worship music going and and you know it, it's nice to have that but it's weird literally the first night I was back I got back Thursday at eight in the morning that evening 
after taking a couple hour nap that afternoon, I woke up about eight o'clock and, and it's literally, I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. I mean, I'm, I'm literally like antsy. I, I can't sit down. It's like if I, I tried to sit down and watch TV. I couldn't do that. So I got to, I got to talk to somebody, you know. It's so I called my sister, who I knew would be a late person. So I show up at her house Friday, Thursday night, about eight thirty, and I think left at eleven thirty. And uh, but it, it's like part of me just when I was there long for that time of quiet. But when I got that time of quiet. It was like. I need some noise, you know, I need, I need something going on, some kind of screaming or hollering. And I, and I didn't get that at Rita's house, but at least I had somebody to talk to. And, uh, but it, it was just, it's, it's just, it's good to get away, but it's, it's good to be back. And I just, I love being, being part of that. Um, but I, one of the things I wanted to share with you, though, is, is that um, a most of the time when I'm preaching something or sharing it, something I like to I like to preach or share on that particular issue or topic that I've already kind of walked through myself and received some some area of of walking in that and and freedom in that and living it out and having conquered whatever that issue may be and so I can share it with you guys from the from the side of of, of having succeeded <laughs> and making it through that test myself and being able to share that with you. Um, I want to kind of share with you tonight something that's, um, I, I haven't made it there yet. Um, I'm working toward that goal, um, and I hope you can appreciate, uh, and, it, and it resonates with some of you guys, but um, for several months before going to Australia, probably three or four months, if you were to look at my journal that I keep every morning, except when I was in Australia, <laughs> if you were to look at my journal, you would see where I prayed for my trip, that I would have total health and total healing with no complications and no issues, getting there and getting back. Literally, that was a daily prayer, okay? If you remember the night before I left, I had you guys come up and lay hands on me and pray basically same thing, okay? No complications, no issues, health, healing, great time, all of that. You remember that? Remember me having you guys come up and pray? Well, I'm gonna give you a little background on that. I can remember as a kid, Lord revealed this to me a number of years ago, but I can remember as a kid, we used to go on vacation a lot with our grandparents because our, our parents couldn't really afford it. And our grandparents had a place up in the mountains. And I was probably 10, 12, 13 years old. I can remember my grandmother making a comment to me one time. is that you, you get sick every time we travel. You get sick. And I can remember her making that statement to me. And literally most of my life, even through my young adult, if I was going to go somewhere or go on a trip, it didn't matter what, it could be a four-day hunt trip, it could be a week trip to the mountains, it could be what, I would get sick, some kind of cold, some kind of something. While I was there, I'd wind up getting sick or get sick the day before or whatever. And probably 20 years ago, I was reminded, the Lord reminded me of that statement my grandmother made, and I had some people pray for me, and basically I felt like that was a curse that had been spoken on me, break that curse, and I did much better for a while, okay? 
But recently, in the last number of years, I've, I've noticed that starting to happen again. And so I specifically, I mean, I'm, I'm praying, praying as hard as I know how to pray. God, I want, I'm believing for health. I'm going to walk in health. I'm breaking this curse. Yada, yada. I'm, 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 you're with me, okay? I'm, I, I don't want to be sick on my four weeks of vacation is what I'm thinking and praying. Well, two hours, my first flight over, I stopped in San Diego for a couple of days um, to stay with basically like an adopted daughter of mine that um, I basically helped raise Kathy and I since she was 10 years old and lost her dad. And so I spent a couple of days there with her. But we flew and I flew into San Diego and literally two hours before landing, I felt this tickle in my throat. And I went, are you freaking kidding me? And that's the words I used, thankfully. <laughs> By the time I landed, I knew I had a cold. And I'm hacking and coughing. And I went, I just can't believe it. I mean, I was so pissed off. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like all this prayer. I got there and you know, was hacking and coughing and was able to work through that. And Second day I was there, Mary and I took off, spent most of the day visiting some of the wineries around that area that are absolutely gorgeous. And we talked and talked and talked. Next day I was supposed to get up in that afternoon and fly out of LA to go to Australia. When I woke up that morning, I literally could not talk. I had laryngitis, total. No voice would come out. And you can still hear a, a raspy in my voice. Literally, all I could do was whisper. Got to Australia for four days. All I could do was whisper. I wasn't happy, <laughs> to say the least. I was not a happy camper. And I went through this kind of emotional, spiritual upheaval of, of just really questioning God of like, really? But my question was, why pray? Y'all ever ask that one? It's like, God, why? 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 Why, why to bother praying? And of course, then the enemy gets in there and he reminds you of all the other 10,000 times that you prayed about something that didn't happen the way you thought it was supposed to. But I literally, I, I, had, a, I had some time where I wasn't happy with me and God in prayer. And, and I just kept, it's like, I really, I just got, God, I really, I don't understand this. I'm, I still love you. I still trust you. I still going to believe in you. I'll probably still keep praying but I don't know why. It's like my confidence in, in prayer having any effect or impact just kind of went out the tubes or went down the tube. So I just kept asking, Lord, why? Why? Why pray? Why? What, what good is it doing? It, God, are you even listening? You ever had that? God, are you even, are you even listening? And I knew, I, I knew in my spirit and I knew from Bible study and and all the years of growing with the Lord, I knew, I knew God's not Santa Claus. Okay, He's not there just so you can ask for things and things are going to happen. He's not Santa Claus. At the same time, He does teach us to pray. 
And he does say, you have not because you ask not. He does, he does make some of those. In fact, there are some places where he says, if you pray according to his will, you will have what you ask for. I mean, there's, right? I mean, there's Bible verses so we can have teaching and doctrine and understanding about prayer. This is what's supposed to happen. When you pray, things are supposed to happen. Right, Jim? Jim's our prayer warrior over here. <laughs> I needed to call Jim. That's <laughs> what I needed to do. Um, bottom line, though, is this. And this is what the Lord brought me back to, which he usually brings me back to, which he always brings or hopefully brings us all back to. Bottom line is this question. Are you going to trust me? Isn't it? I mean, that's the, that's the bottom line question. Are you going to trust me? I don't care how many times you've prayed for this thing, no matter what you think is happening, no matter what it looks like to you with these eyes, are you going, are you going to trust me or not? That's what it gets down to. That's what, that's what the issue is with me and God and you and God and our relationship with him. It's not how many prayers he answers or how many things get affected by our prayers. That's not the issue. The issue is, God, am I going to trust you when it doesn't look like I'm getting what I think I'm supposed to get? That's the question. Am I going to trust you? Here's the other side of the coin. And this is the side I don't particularly like, but I think it's true. So I'm going to share it with you. <laughs> well, my answer was I would, <laughs> and I will. But I do often add, God help me with my unbelief. I'm praying this, God, because I think, I want to pray it. I think your word teaches me to pray it. But down bottom line, I'm not real sure it's going to make much difference. But I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to trust you and help my unbelief. That's kind of where I wind up when it comes to prayer. But I, <laughs> there's also this other side of the coin. And I'm going to throw this out there. Something that God brought to my memory while I was going through this time frame. Although it may not look at like it, I watch what I eat most of the time. I do. If I didn't, I'd weigh 500 pounds. It just looks like I don't because I stay at this level. My typical MO, you know what MO is, right? My typical MO is this. I watch what I eat. I watch what I eat. I exercise. I don't eat a lot of sugar. I eat, in fact, I eat very little sugar. I eat very low carbs. Boom, 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 boom. I'm going on vacation. You know what happens? Sometimes, normally about two weeks out, sometimes it can go a month out. You know what happens about two weeks to a month before I go on vacation? I start getting this frame of mode, this frame of mind. I'm going on vacation. Guess what I'm going to do while I'm on vacation? Eat ice cream. 
I'm going to eat ice cream, <laughs> mint chocolate chip ice cream. I'm going to blow it. I'm going to eat carbs. I'm going to eat sugar. I'm going to have bread. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just eat. You know why? Because I'm going to do it. You can't go on vacation without eating. Yeah. I mean, most of us can't. Some, some people that are real self-disciplined can. I'm not one of them. <laughs> I go on vacation. One of, the, one, of the, one, of the, one of the parts of vacation is eating. Right? Preach it. I preach it. I mean, seriously. I, I mean, that's, that's one of the, that's why you go on a cruise, isn't it, Pat? So you're going to eat. I mean, that's, it's, that's the, that's the, I mean, that's at least half of the benefit of vacation is eating. For those of us that like, I'm one of those guys, you know, that old saying, some people live to eat and others eat to live. Well, I'm one of the ones that live to eat. I, and I eat, I can be sick and I want to eat. I can be sad when I want to eat. I can be happy. I can be depressed. It don't matter. I, that's, my, that's my source of, uh, what is it? Comfort. Comfort. There you go. Thank God. I mean, at least it's eating and it's not some other thing that I could do. On vacations where as we're eating breakfast, we're planning lunch. Absolutely. Absolutely. And snacking in between. I, I mean, I would get up in the morning there and, and have a cup of coffee and have some cereal, which I never eat at home. I love cereal. I did have honey, not sugar, because I don't think they even had any sugar in their healthy household. And uh, said that with some vengeance, didn't I? Um, you know, and then Jeremy would run up to the coffee shop and come back with a muffin or something, big old fat blueberry with chocolate chips in it. Oh, God, it was so good. And eat that muffin and then have lunch and then have an afternoon snack and then have dinner and have another afternoon snack and have a bowl of ice cream before I went to bed. Okay. Well, this, for me, <laughs> I've been eating healthy, okay, for months. I'm getting ready to go on vacation. So you can't just go cold, you know, into vacation on day one of vacation and start eating like that. you got to kind of... You got to warm up, you know, and, and break it in. So at least a couple of weeks, sometimes a month ahead of time, I slowly start having some things that I normally wouldn't have. I'll swing into crystals and get a crystal burger with French fries, or I'll have something else with French fries, or any of my meals could have French fries in them because I never eat them any of the rest of the time. And, and sugar, of course, French fries turn to sugar. And, and so guess what? My body... Again, some of this stuff that happens to us is our own, our own stupid choices that we make, okay? So I start introducing basically poison, which a lot of people, I don't read. I encourage you to read some stuff about sugar. I mean, it, most people believe today that if sugar was being introduced, FDA wouldn't allow it. That's how much of a poison sugar is to you. <laughs> So I start introducing the sugar into my system that's used to eating healthy three to four weeks, two weeks before I get ready to go on vacation. Well, guess what starts happening around the time I'm getting ready to go to vacation? My immune system is going bananas because all of a sudden I've been introducing all this crap into my system 
and my body starts breaking down, and so I start getting sick, and then I want to blame God because I got sick even though I was praying. <laughs> and it, I mean, think of it from this perspective. If you got up every morning and you took you a sip of arsenic every morning and you were getting sick, <laughs> would you blame God <laughs> for you getting sick? You hope not. So one of the things the Lord, again, I mean, he, I think he really, so I'm, I'm going to put it to the test. Y'all remind me next time I go on vacation. Oh, Lord, I shouldn't say this out loud. <laughs> when am I leaving? Oh, Jesus. I shouldn't have said that out loud, should I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you will. <laughs> so will everybody else in here. <laughs> I'm ready for you to stop preaching. <laughs> Two to three weeks before I go on vacation, I'm not going to break my normal, good, healthy eating while I'm on vacation. <laughs> I won't totally go off the wagon. How's that? I got to have a little room for a little something while I'm on vacation, don't I? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Are you with me? I mean, you know, if that's just kind of my story. I think we all have them. But I think sometimes we got to pay attention to our own personal choices, the way we do things in life. If things are happening in our life, maybe, you know, maybe it's the enemy, but maybe it's just something we're doing that we need to change. And, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just thought I'd throw that out. <laughs> what happens when we pray, and it wasn't a direct result of us not being wise, um, and God doesn't answer? Do we keep trusting Him? Are we going to trust Him? You know, we have things that happen in our lives that, that You know, four years ago today, my mom passed away. Our mom passed away. This coming Sunday will be four years that Kathy passed. And we prayed. I prayed, prayed, and prayed, and prayed. We prayed. Hundreds of people, probably thousands of people around the world prayed. It's like, God, where are you at? You know, why didn't you answer that prayer? And you're just, your choice is, God, am I going to keep trusting? Am I going to keep believing? Am I going to keep trusting you and I'm going to keep believing what your word says, whether I see it? Am I going to keep praying for sick people, whether I see it? I don't, I don't think we have a choice. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I think we have to... We have, the best I understand Scripture, I have to walk in my understanding of what Scripture says, whether I see it happening or not. 
Amen? I think the scripture is real clear on, on God wants to heal people and he wants to use us to do it. And so we're going to keep doing it. Hopefully we'll be wise in our choices and won't eat strychnine or arsenic and get ourselves sick. But I, we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep trusting. The answer is yes, we are going to trust God. Yes, I am going to trust you. I may have doubts. I may have times where I, I, I bump the bottom down here, but I'm coming back to you. And see, there, if, if you look in the scripture, you understand there's a lot of people in the Bible that, that walk that same path. There are. I mean, David's a prime example. Just read the Psalms. I mean, read his life. Read the story in Chronicles and and First and Second Samuel, the, the story of David, what he went through and the things that happened. Some of it was his own stupidity. You know, when he was supposed to be at war, he was up on the top of the, his house looking at another house that he shouldn't have been paying attention with, too. <laughs> Well, you follow me? Looking at a gal that he shouldn't have been looking at. Wound up not only committing adultery, but committing basically murder with her husband. This is a guy God said was a man after his own heart. This is a guy that kept over and over and over in the Psalms would, would cry out, God, where are you at? I'm surrounded by my enemies. And then he'd talk to himself and he'd talk to his soul and he'd tell his soul, get in line, <laughs> straighten up, come out of the pit. God, I'm yet going to praise you. I'm still going to trust you. The book of Habakkuk is a story of, of this prophet that's crying out to God. Basically what I was just saying, God, where are you at? I, we've been, God, I've been crying out to you. Where are you? Is his prayer. And God's, you know what God's answer to him was? I'm there, and I'm doing a thing you don't even know about. You don't even recognize it. And basically, God was fixing to use the enemy to do something in the life of the Israelites, of the Jewish people. God was going to use Babylon to teach them something in their lives. To, and God said, pay attention to what's going on. And that's where he says in the end of Habakkuk, though the fig tree doesn't blossom. <laughs> Remember that one? Well, there's no cattle in the stall. Yet I'm going to what? Keep praising you. I'm going to keep trusting you. So I guess the answer to my question is, I'm going to keep praying. In fact, it's a back. Let me read this verse. It says, to, says this. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. And in a way, he's being a little kind of feisty with God. Where are you at? I'm going to, I'm going to watch and see. How are, how are you going to answer this? Kind of, can you see that kind of like the attitude almost? How, how are you going to answer this? And God answers him. He wasn't happy with the answer. And basically, God tells him this. He, he says, write the vision down. I'm going to give you a vision. Write it down. Even though it seems slow in coming. You ever got any words that seem like they're pretty slow in coming? How about 
99.9% of them, <laughs> to me, seems pretty slow in coming. God says they're going to take place. It will not delay. But then he says this, but the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. If we're righteous, how are we supposed to live? By our faith. You understand, it doesn't take a lot of faith if everything goes just like you think it ought to. Right? I mean, it, literally, I mean, it just, if, 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 every, if your bank account was full of money and nothing was happening and nobody was sick around you, none of your kids were having any problems and all your relationships were great and wonderful and everything was beautiful and happy and, and, and it was just a one big, joyous, fun-filled, wonderful, you don't need a whole lot of faith to walk through that. Do you? He says the righteous will live by faith. And Habakkuk's last statement is, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there's no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and bare. Now, put, you can put your own life in that. Even though it's not working out at the work, at job, things aren't happening like they're supposed to there. Even though there's no food in my, in my pantry, even though the freezer's empty, even, even though there's no, the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be found joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as, a sure-footed, as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. <laughs> Don't you love that? Here's a quote. I'm going to read this and we'll, we'll, we'll wander down. This is from a man named John Eldridge, and I've read it to you guys numerous times, but it just so strikes home. It says this, when it comes, he makes a statement, when it comes to crisis or events, y'all ever have any of those in your life? Any crisis? When it comes to crisis or, listen to this, or events that really upset us, something that's happened in our life that upsets us, I've learned this, this is what he says, You can have God or you can have understanding. What's the typical response to us when something happens? We want to know why. God, just just help me understand this. Help me. God, you know, it ain't going to make me feel any better, but I'd sure like to just know why I get sick. (laughs) And I think he told me that. But why? Why, when I prayed for this, this happened? Why did this person die when I prayed for him? Why, why did this go on? Why did I lose my job? Why? Just give me some understanding. At least understanding will help me process it. And his statement is, we can, have, we can have one or the other. You can have God or you can have understanding. Now, look what he says. Sometimes you can have both. You have God and understanding. He does give you understanding. Sometimes. You with me? But... Here's the kicker. If you insist on understanding, it often doesn't come. If you insist on God, and sometimes our understanding, we come to God with almost like, you owe it to me. Don't we? I mean, sometimes we can come to God with you, God. You know who you talk, you know, 
this is me. God, you owe me an explanation. <laughs> you understand he doesn't owe you anything? <laughs> and that can be our attitude. If we, insist, if we insist on understanding, often it doesn't come. And when it doesn't come, this one says, that can create a distance between you and God. When you don't get that understanding, when he doesn't answer you, often what will happen is that there becomes this distance between you and God because he didn't answer your questions. He didn't give you the understanding that you wanted. Because you're upset and demanding an explanation in order to move on, but the explanation isn't coming, and so you withdraw a bit from God and lose the grace that God is giving. Final statement. He doesn't explain everything. He doesn't have to. <laughs> you know why? Because he's God. <laughs> he doesn't explain it all. He doesn't explain everything. But, but, he always offers himself. In the midst of whatever's happening, in the midst of that trial, in the midst of that struggle, in the midst of whatever it is that's going on in our life, in the midst of your prayers that didn't happen or answered the way you thought they were supposed to. In the midst of that, God is always offering himself. That's what, see, bottom line, that's what it's all about. That's what this whole, this whole thing, that's what the Bible is about from the front of the book to the back of the book. This whole thing we call Christianity is all about a relationship that we have with him. That's what, it, that's what you can sum up the whole thing. Jesus came so we could have that relationship. Bring us back into that relationship. When he created Adam and Eve and they lost it. Jesus came to bring that back to us. So bottom line is saying, you can, you're not, I'm going to just tell you right now, okay. When the trials come that will Sometimes God will give you understanding. I think most of the time he doesn't. But he always gives himself. We can always find him in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of whatever's going on. In fact, that's often when our relationship can grow. Amen? I mean, that's often when they, I can find, if I can look back over my life, I can find I grew the most in my relationship with Jesus, with God, when I was going through something. And that's, I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, that's what this whole, this whole thing we do, this whole church thing, this whole Christianity, this whole studying the Bible thing, it's not just to get a bunch of knowledge or just to live a bunch of rules and regulations and live a good life and do this or do that or don't do it. That, that's part of it. But the bottom line is, is, is him. It's us. It's our relationship together. That's what, that's what every bit of this is for. And so we can have our relationship. And if we insist, what Eldridge is saying, and what I believe is the truth, if we insist on having to understand the answers to all these things, it's going to drive a wedge between us and God. Because we'll think he's not answering us. And if I think he's not answering me, you know what that says? That means he doesn't care. Doesn't it? I mean, if, I, if for some reason I get this thing where I think, you know what, 
God, why aren't you answering me? Then all of a sudden I can shift from that into, well, I guess you just don't care. Do you even, do you even see me down here? I know there's 7 billion people on the planet, but do you know me? <laughs> Isn't that what that does? It, it drives that wedge in there. Whereas if I don't insist on it, I may get some understanding, but I may not. But I can always know I can know him. I can use this thing to draw closer to him. That's some of the good ones. It says that God uses all things for the good to those that love him. That's some of that good is the midst of whatever that all thing is, that issue. is If, if that can be used to draw me closer to him, then that's the good that comes out of it. Amen? And I, I'm going to let you in on one other secret. <laughs> may not be a secret, but. If this thing that's happening in your life that's causing this distance, this, this questioning, this, God, why didn't you do something? If that thing was caused by the enemy, okay, the enemy did something to you which caused you to respond this way, which caused this distance to happen, if, let me put it to you this way, if every time that happened, the enemy comes, puts something in my life, my response becomes, God, I'd like to know, but I don't have to know. God, I'm drawing to you. God, I love you. I trust you. I want my relationship to grow. I'm walking after you. I'm following you. If every time the enemy comes and puts that on you, your response is that, guess what's going to happen? He's going to quit doing it as often. <laughs> Isn't he? I mean, he's pretty sharp. If every time he does this, he finds out. If every time I do that to Bob, his response is he gets closer to God. Now, if, his, if my response is it pisses me off and I get mad at God and I draw this, this distance or this wedge, then he sees a high. Let's do that again. Next time he goes on vacation... That boy will be eating a ton. But y'all aren't going to let me, are you? Because you're going to hold me accountable, aren't you? <laughs> oh, Jesus, let's stand up. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you that we, um, we have the promises of your word. That if we draw near unto you, that you will draw near unto us. And Father, we just, we repent of the times in our lives where we've wanted to question you or get angry or get mad or wonder why you didn't do this and why you didn't respond this way. That our desire is that we would let those times just lead us into your arms, Lord. Father, help, it, help, help those things in our life that happen to draw us closer to you. You promised to always be there. Lord, you said you'd never forsake us and never leave us. Thank you, Lord. 
Father, thank you that we can sing songs like we sing where we see we sing out the words that you've never failed us yet. Father, thank you that even though sometimes it looks like you have, that, that we know in reality the truth is you've not failed us, Lord. That sometimes we're just focused on the wrong things and we need to shift our focus to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you that you are a life giver, Lord, and you love to just give life, and, and we receive life from you in Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Well, amen. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.